You're listening to the Quietly Ambitious podcast, and this episode is one from before we rebranded. So if you hear references to Creatively Human, that is why. I hope you enjoy the episode. You're listening to Creatively Human, with honest conversations about what matters to us and how it really feels to build an online business, put our work out into the world, and make an impact in our own unique way. I'm your host, Ruth Poundwhite, business mentor to heart-led creatives. Before we dive into this episode, I have a couple of things to quickly let you know about. June and July are busy and exciting months for me. First up, I'm running a completely free email marketing challenge starting Monday, June the 10th. And if you're listening to this late after that date, then feel free to join in now and you can still get the information. It's all about building momentum with your email list in a way that feels completely honest, not icky, and hopefully that just makes it easier for you to make connections with your people and to boost your business. Like I said, it's completely free and you can join in by going to ruthpoundwhite.com forward slash email challenge, which is all one word. And secondly, I have a very exciting community project starting on Monday, the 1st of July called The Everyday Difference. Every day of the month, you'll hear from a different creative or business owner who is making a difference in the world, no matter how tiny, no matter how quietly. And my hope is that these stories will empower and embolden us all to believe that our work matters and to give us the courage to share that work with the world. If that sounds like something that would be of interest to you, go to theeverydaydifference.com for more information and to sign up to the project. I can't wait to share it with you. Now, on to the episode. Today's guest is Gigi Rogers, whose photos of body painting on herself went viral, got published in various media outlets and grew her online following massively overnight. She's a social media and brand strategist and infuses her personality into everything she does, encouraging us all to embrace the weird and everything that's different about us. We talked about getting your content out there, repurposing to reach more people, pushing your comfort zone, showing up on Instagram stories and building resilience after failures and setbacks as a business owner. Enjoy. Hi, Gigi. Thank you so much for coming on the podcast. No worries, Ruth. Thank you so very much for having me. Um, could you start by telling us a bit about you and what you do? Sure. Uh, so my name is Gigi Rogers, and I'm a social media and brand strategist that helps artists, businesses, and organizations create a strategy to get noticed and uh, build their brand and or business in this attention economy. And I cover everything from promotion strategy to how to approach pricing yourself for client work and more. Um, I know that you've come at this from a background of being a makeup artist. So I would love to talk about how that came about from you and how you now combine that with your marketing work. Yes. Yeah, so uh, some of my background is actually doing body painting work on myself, actually. Right, yeah. And so <laughs> and I'll body paint myself and then I'll actually go out into the streets and I'll find graffiti, stand in front of it and, you know, either take pictures of myself or I have somebody take pictures for me. And that was something that has actually got me uh, published in the States and overseas, uh, like and on publications like Mashable, Hypebeast, My Modern Met, Much UK and things of that nature. And as that actually how I grew my Instagram from 1,000 to 4,000 followers overnight. And that's because I put my handle in the flare of my post um, on Reddit when I was posting it in Reddit groups. So that's how I got a lot of my attention. 
um, by basically using the out, going outside of Facebook and Instagram and actually using other platforms to actually promote the work that I do. I love it. It's like a really unique way to get noticed, I suppose. I'm going to ask you about that in a minute, but I'm just going to ask you a bit about the body painting to start with. So how did you come about this? Like what led you to start taking these unusual photos and posting them online? I was bored. That was, that was literally it. it was like years ago, probably like five, six years ago, There, uh, I was bored and I was looking online, you know, for some like inspiration to do something. Yeah. And I saw this young woman named Alexa Mead and she had painted on a girl and the girl was kind of in a kiddie pool and she looked like she was a painting and drawing. And I literally just said, I can do that. And so the next day I went out to the art shop and I started getting all this acrylic paint and the girl at checkout told me, or she asked me, she's like, Hey, what, what are you going to be painting? Like, what are you going to be doing with all this stuff? It's like, Oh, I'm going to body paint myself. She's like, Oh my God, put all this back. <laughs> like this <laughs> stuff is toxic. You shouldn't be using it on your skin. It's not going to work. Instead go to this store and go get these body paints. Instead it's meant for it to be in your skin. I got one of my friends to come uh, in and, I had this idea that I wanted to do. She was down for it. She painted me, I think, the first two times. And then after that, our schedules got a little crazy. So I was like, all right, I guess I'm going to learn how to do this myself because I have these ideas. I just want to do it. And so I went on YouTube and there's a girl named Jordan Hans who transforms herself with makeup art. And so there you go. I just went ahead and it's like, oh, okay, I can still go ahead and do this. And next thing, and I'm just posting it on Reddit because, you know, that's makeup inspired pieces in this forum these people are really into it so I was like yeah and next thing you know I didn't even find out that I was featured in a publication a friend who used to live in the UK he is British but he still gets metro UK he saw one of my pictures in their publications and he messaged me he said like hey did you notice that you were published like you mm-hmm. like your your stuff is out there this is you and he sent it to me and next thing you know I do a google search and I'm a mashable and hype beast and like all over these publications that I didn't had no clue about, but is uh, but I got a, a message from a girl on Reddit later saying like, hey, uh, we saw your stuff here on Reddit and we liked it, so we just put it in here. Congratulations, thanks, bye, <laughs> <laughs> and that's it. <laughs> wow. So were you just like posting on Reddit just for the sake of sharing your stuff with a community that yeah. was interested? Just showing my stuff. Yep, that's exactly it. Between that and just Instagram, again, like I wasn't really even trying to promote myself and put myself out there for body painting and having clients and things of that nature. It was really just for fun and artistic outlet for me. And so when, yeah, and the next thing you know, just again, without me even trying, that happened. I was like, oh, okay. So this forum, I see how powerful uh, like using this type of online forum can be. And especially yeah. considering how much traffic Reddit gets per day. It's, it's one of those um, platforms that a lot of people are afraid to use mm-hmm. because Reddit can be really great for traffic, but it can also really get you down because some people can be vicious in the comments. Right, some people yeah. really can. And so a lot of people are afraid, but if you really, uh, many of those forums in there, a lot of people are very supportive. They're extraordinarily nice. And you just need to make sure that you're being quite genuine when you're in there and not trying to overly promote yourself I should say yeah yeah. if you try to sell anything they'll downvote you to oblivion like they will chase you out of that forum but if you're actually in there to participate in a group and uplift others and you know you know actually help the community then you'll be fine you'll be great Mm -hmm. so I'm guessing it's a case of 
just going in there and really participating in the community and really just sharing what you know and what you think can help people and coming at it from an from an intention of giving and not taking going back to your um body painting work and when you posted that Mm -hmm. in reddit and Mm -hmm. it it got picked up i'm guessing because you say these these reddit subs are like frequented by people who write for these publications and stuff and they saw what you were doing and they liked it and it got picked up and it got shared in several different places is that right Yes, it seems like so from what I can tell, it got picked up by Metro UK and it just trickled down from there. So then it went from Metro UK to Hypebeast to Mashable to My Modern Met, and, you know, and on, 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 on. So I, I'm thinking that or usually what happens is that one publication will pick it up, though, another publication to see what they're doing, say like, hey, that looks pretty cool. That looks like it's getting a lot of traffic. Let's yeah. go ahead and feature the same thing. Go to my website or to my Instagram. At the time, it was just my Instagram. And yeah, go ahead and do our own little write up about it as well. And it'll have a life on its own. Yeah. Again, like I did not reach out to any of these publications. I did not do anything. I was just minding my own business. And, and when that actually happened. And but thing is that unfortunately for myself, it's like when that happened, I wasn't like prepared. Like I wasn't prepared to, you know, create a whole, 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 whole lot more content and be able to, you know, link them to each other. But um, so, yeah, if you're actually going to be trying to go and get attention and do content marketing, which is something I'm very much into, then make sure you're just prepared for that type of traffic and to capture some leads or uh, to, you know, lead people to your Instagram page or to your opt-ins or uh, your website or anything of that nature. Yeah, yeah, that's a really good point. Um, I really like the fact that your your post got shared in that way because it just kind of highlights to me how you can be putting stuff out there and you don't really know who's looking, do you? You can just be putting exactly. it out there and then and then eventually something could take off and it all just like means something and it was all like worth it and like you said Mm -hmm. it just takes on a life of its own like I love that I love the thought of using content and putting it out there in that way and just doing like the best that you can and then it it suddenly gets noticed I love that I really love that and it's crazy that you just don't even know which piece of content is going to resonate with whoever the decision maker is within, you know, any publication or within any organization and such. And that part is that, so that's one of the reasons why I always suggest people to put as much content out there as possible and into as many formats as they possibly can as well. Yeah. Yeah. And let's talk a bit about repurposing because I'm really like into that as well, because I come from, I come at it from the philosophy of sort of making the most of all that effort that you put in because every bit of content mm-hmm. if you're if you're doing it well it does take effort and I think that if you repurpose it and put it out there on different channels and in different forms it's so worth it to yourself it's like honoring how much work you've actually put in to the content itself mm-hmm. so let's say that uh you wrote an article um you can take that for, I'm just going to explain to what repurposing is for yep, a lot of people. Yep. So let's say that you wrote an article. You take that article and you record the audio and now you have a podcast. You can take that article, get it in front of the camera, and then talk about the same exact thing. And now you have a video. And if you're touching on multiple points in that video, let's say four points, well, you can break that up into four different videos, like four little mini videos that you can post on Instagram or your website, Facebook, and things of that nature. 
And so the thing is, you never know what medium, again, that your audience is going to resonate with, whether it's reading, listening, or video. So if you have the capacity, again, uh, just to give as much as you can to them, and I mean, you can use these various mediums uh, to promote yourself and your work online across just so many different platforms. Yep, yep. I totally agree. Um, and yeah, you're right, because I tend to consume content in different ways. And for example, like mm-hmm. I like reading blogs, but then sometimes when I'm really busy or I've got a lot to do out and about, I listen to podcasts all the time. And it's just like that with our yes. audience as well. And I do it. I do it with this podcast and um, I'm not afraid to do it because I think sometimes people are afraid to repurpose their content in this way because they think somehow it's like cheating or like they're putting out the same thing. But the truth is that mm-hmm. not everyone's going to consume it all in the, in the different places. Like they'll pick and choose what exactly. works for them. And I, from what I hear from a lot of people as well is that, you know, they're afraid to get in front of the camera, you know, what, you know, they're, or either they're afraid to get in front of the camera or, they're constantly tweaking it so that it's perfect mm, instead of yeah. so that it's good enough and then just put it out there and that's it just keep it moving it's like sure like you may have i don't know uh messed up an edit here or there are transitions like nobody's going to notice and nobody's really going to be caring so and if they do like don't even don't even sweat it whatsoever just get the information the content out there to the people and just like you when it comes to especially when i'm putting on makeup i like to actually put on video and listen to it while I'm putting on my makeup yeah, yeah. I don't watch the video I just listen to it passively mm-hmm. so I thought that was interesting <laughs> yeah yeah exactly and I guess it also it not only gives the content like more of a life but it also helps you perhaps draw in an audience that you wouldn't have otherwise like I know that there's some places that I will only um, consume the content on a podcast for example and I don't follow them on all the social media and things like that and yeah um, it's just, yeah, it's just like doing as much for you can, as much as you can to get as many people as possible in whatever way works for them. Yeah, because again, you're, the whole purpose of whatever you're doing is to help the other, the listener, to help the yeah. other person on the other end of the podcast or the video or whatever have you. And that's basically what content marketing is. It's researching your audience and providing answers to the problems and promoting those solutions. Uh, yeah, I'm just, that's it. And just promoting those solutions to them. And so if that's your responsibility and you know that's your responsibility, then no matter what, that you need to go ahead and get that content to the ear, earballs, eyeballs or whatever have you. <laughs> yep, yep. And do you have any tips to help people streamline this whole process and like save time or plan it out so that it's um, just fits in more with their life and they can get it all done? All of us have lives and we're really, really busy. So one mm-hmm. tip that I usually advise for people to do is to pick one day out of the week where you create the majority of your content for like the next week or even two weeks. You use your schedule of systems like Hootsuite or CoSchedule to uh, go ahead and sprinkle out your content on where it's supposed to go and to which platforms. And, um, and then, yeah, just go ahead and spend one day and trying to create as much content and breaking it down as possible. So that way, like once you actually set it and it's up and done, all you have to do is go check it maybe like once or twice a day to see if there's any comments or anything of that nature that you need to respond to. Yeah, yeah. I love that. It's like batching it all together. That's my favorite yes, tip batching. for getting more done. Yeah, definitely. Yes, yeah, that's a very good tip. <laughs> <laughs> um, and one thing I like about your content is it's like really full of your personality and who you are. And I'd love to talk a bit about uh, more about that, about why that's so important to you. 
<laughs> when it comes to, I think, uh, I guess a lot of marketing blogs that I've looked at, everybody just looks so professional and everybody, it doesn't quite resonate with me and my personality as being a little bit of a wild child. I love my body painting art. I love graffiti. I love rock and roll and hip hop, you know? And so I, whenever I post, especially even on Instagram, you'll see that my posts aren't of, you know, me smiling into the camera. It's my body painting pieces. It's something that I just will not give up uh, yeah. or let go of. It's my body painting pieces. And then in the context, you'll actually see the tips that I have to give. So, so for me, it's, me keeping my toes in both arenas of both being a marketing consultant and a body painter and makeup artist at the same time. Mm -hmm. And so I, that's really my goal is to go ahead and like you said, just integrate my personality into the brand of marketing consultants and whoever it does resonate with. That's great. Like I would love to work with you. And if it doesn't resonate with you and you want something who's a little bit more professional, no problem. There's plenty of other people out there uh, for that. So uh, that's definitely something for me that I'm holding very tight to and that I just believe in. Like, I'm not going to try to be someone phony or someone I'm not. I'm going to just go ahead and really embrace the blue haired, blue lipstick girl that I am and <laughs> kind of just go from there. Yeah, yeah. I love that. And is that something that you encourage for your clients to do as well? 100%. I say to go ahead and embrace the weird. <laughs> embrace everything that is you and cool and different and I, it doesn't matter what you're into you could be into uh you know growing pickles or making pickles absolutely 100% like I don't know like show us different pictures of pickles and in the content you go ahead and just give us tips on whatever you're doing that's awesome but yeah uh don't hide who you are because you can't you can only do it but for so long before you tire out yeah. And yeah. you just break down. Yeah. So you might as well just go ahead and just be you and be yourself from the jump and call a day. Even if like some people say it's like, you know, don't curse. If that is 100% who you are, then I say embrace the curse words. Go ahead and do it. And again, you're going to turn some people off and some other people, they're going to love you. So there you go. Yeah, totally agree. Um, and in, in the course of your work, um, starting off with body painting and everything, have you ever come across people who have been judgmental about the way you put things out there or the way you're not professional? Or has it all been positive feedback? So far, it's been all positive feedback because I think when I actually do with my body painting pieces, they go ahead and see it and that's great. But when they actually look into the context and they see some of the story and the... Um, uh, the kind of tips and advice that I'm giving, it really seems to resonate with people. So everything so far has been really positive. Uh, I haven't got any type of kickback yet. And again, there's no, there's no point in putting even that type of hate out there, folks. It's like, if you don't like it, just go ahead and keep on moving. It's all right. It's not for you. No problem. Yeah, yeah. But if someone was, but I would say that if somebody was like getting some type of uh, pushback or hate from what they're, you know, putting out there, like really stay calm and just realize that it's not, it could, it's most likely not about you and it's about that other individual, something that's going on with them or in their life and whatever have you. So don't get too excited or flustered in regards to it. And yeah, stay calm, stay cool. Yeah, yeah, I totally agree. And being yourself is just going to be, it's, it's, it's necessary, isn't it? Because if everyone's the same, then there's nothing, there's no reason for you to stand out and for people to to notice you basically because there's a lot of people out there online yeah. doing the same things so you just got to be you. exactly exactly there's a there's a lot of just vanilla and everybody looks the same and that's I think that's probably the reason why I like you know my blue hair and blue lipstick and things of that nature because I look around 
you know, even where I live, I'm like, oh God, everybody looks the same. Mm. <laughs> so I'm not trying to, you know, be different for the sake of being different. Right. I'm being different because I just love like my blue hair you know, gives me to life and blue lipstick gives me to life. If, you know, wearing flowery dresses and give, or having pink hair gives you life, go ahead and, you know, rock it. And again, it will resonate with the people who it's supposed to resonate with. Um, like they, I think in New York, there are a group of women called, you know, the red hat ladies, I think it's called. And they just know that, that, that is their tribe. You see a red hat, you know, that's a red hat lady. Mm. Like, you know, she's a part of this tribe and she's one of us. That's grand. So, I mean, you, you will find your wolf pack. It is very easy after you put yourself out there and you are not afraid to put yourself out there and you like, you don't mind like a little bit of kickback or pushback from people who don't quite get you, you'll be surprised how fast your wolf pack will surround themselves around you and say like, Hey, I get you. I like what you're talking about. It's real. You're real. I want to hear some more. Yeah. Yeah. But sometimes it's hard, mm-hmm. right? Do you ever find it hard? Maybe not. Cause you said that it's just the way you are, but I find it hard sometimes, even though it is, maybe it's because I'm a bit of a shy introvert, but I sometimes find it hard to like, be myself when I guess myself is more quiet and reserved. I don't know. That's not, there's nothing wrong with that. That means <laughs> you're most likely a great listener. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and that's fantastic because you're kind of, you're basically just getting intel on everybody else. And you, for most introverts that I know, like they are really fantastic listeners and they ask really great questions. Mm. And so, yeah, if you, I mean, I, I'm not going to try to push anybody completely out of their comfort zone to, again, just be something that they're actually not. There's there's a, there's a point where you actually go ahead and try to expand your experiences. That's fantastic. But like if I was try, trying to tell you, it's like, hey, girl, you should try this blue hair thing. I'm telling you, you'll look fantastic with it. It's you. It's, I mean... Yeah, it's weird. No, just go ahead and be yourself, man. Yeah. Don't yeah. let anybody's peer pressure or anybody try to push you, you know, way out of your comfort zone and it'll be fine. Um, on that note, I'm going to put you on the spot a bit and ask you a question about what sure. would you say to introverts who find it hard to put themselves out there like on video or on audio? How would you recommend that they get their content out there in a way that suits their personality? Uh, I would probably say if... Being on video really 100% terrifies you. Then go ahead into your strong suit of just audio and the written word, like that. That, w- that would be it. Like if because uh, for that you don't have to be in front of the camera. You know, a lot of people say it's like you have to have a little bit of that X factor and things of that nature. You actually don't. But if it really just 100% terrifies you, I would say go ahead and do that first. And then I would say to for small wins. And to practice possibly being in front of the camera, get either maybe a friend or you could probably even do this yourself, but most likely just say, just get a friend and just have a friend ask you one question and then you have to answer it on camera, like on a camera phone, something like that. Something small, something you probably would talk, you know, 10, 20 minutes about because you love the subject so much. And so it won't be that big of a deal. Um, but to act- actually go ahead and build up those small wins and uh, that confidence so that when you actually do get in front of like a camera on your own, it won't be as big of a deal. So one thing that uh, I actually even have to practice on myself is how to n- negotiate. I am notoriously bad for negotiating, negotiating period. And 
So what I did to get outside of that and to actually build up a little bit more confidence is that I went to garage sales. I went to garage sales and if they asked for $10 uh, for an item, I give say like, all right, uh, I'll give you four for it. And we'll go back and forth and then we'll probably settle on seven. And at first it's a little awkward and it's uncomfortable to do. But when you do this multiple times a day at garage sales, it isn't a big deal anymore. You're not going to get hurt. No one's going to scream at you. You're in a safe zone. And if you can't settle on a price, walk away knowing you'll have other opportunities. And that's some, that's those type of lessons that I can take throughout my life and business. And it's the same thing with getting on camera um, for an introvert. It's like once you actually practice it and you just have more experience doing it over and 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 over again, so you become so bored with it, it's not a big deal anymore. So I would say pretty much set up those small type of practices in a very safe place, in a very safe zone. And yeah, and the next thing you know, you can go ahead and get in front of the camera. But first start off with your content, articles and podcasts. Yeah, I love that. I love that thing about the small wins because that is basically how I have done this. And as you can tell from recording this, I'm not using video because that is one step further than I'm comfortable <laughs> with right now. I do do video on um, social media, but not for the podcast. So, yeah, I've and and believe me, like um, probably even a year ago, I never would have thought I would even be doing this. So if anyone is listening and thinks the same, the small things really do count. I think Instagram stories really helped for me. Ah, so you start off with Instagram stories. Okay, so yeah. let's say a person starts off with Instagram stories giving one tip a day. Like, yeah. So if you speak a different language, just say it's like, here is how you say table in French. Mm-hmm. Or this is how you do your one, two, threes in Chinese. And it's 15 seconds. And again, it's not no pressure whatsoever. Some people are going to watch it. Some people aren't. Some people are going to comment. Yeah, so it's all good. So Instagram stories, that's a great one. That's a good tip. Yeah. And then it just disappears after 24 hours. So it's great. There's no like repercussions. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Unless you unless you actually save it into uh, yeah. one of your highlights, something of that nature, because you actually want people to teach. And actually saving into your highlights is a good, I guess, highlight reel for you as well. Because you can actually, after a year of doing Instagram stories, you can look back to your very first Instagram story to see how you were then compared to how you are now. Yep. Yep. I actually just did that. Oh, yeah? How yeah. was it? Because um, I think I started on Instagram stories. I only started in June. And um, I was just looking back the other day and I was like, wow, I was so awkward. But I did it anyway. And, I was, and it was really <laughs> yeah. good. It was actually such a positive. I didn't look back and think and feel embarrassed about how awkward I was. I looked back and felt like proud <laughs> that I did it and, yeah. and how, yeah. how like natural. And it actually became easy very, very quickly. That was the surprising thing to me. I got used to it very quickly. Yeah, it's really just about really just getting over that fear. I think that's the judgment that I think a lot of people are afraid of. Is that what it was for you? Yeah, yeah, judgment. I'm also I've also got this funny fear of people in real life seeing it because obviously I'm doing it for my business. I don't know what that is, but from speaking to other people, it seems it seems that it's a common fear. Although I'm not exactly sure why. It it probably comes back to the judgment and what people think. Yeah, rejection and critics and uh, I guess the trolls coming into your feed and things of that nature. But again, you have to remember that there are billions of people out there putting out content the exact same time that you are. And so the fact that even anybody comments or, you know, sees your stuff is kind of a miracle and it's a good thing. So don't be afraid to put it out there. I think that stops just so many people. 
and I know it stopped me for years as well, is putting out content. Because what if I get caught out as being a fraud or I don't know what I'm talking about? Or again, just that rejection or the critics coming in and, you know, my makeup's not looking right, you know, uh, that that type of um, uh, critique will stop people just from just starting. Yeah. And so yeah. the fact that you did it, I'm just so proud of you. Look at you. Instagram <laughs> stories. Yeah. Doing a little over a year. Good girl. And the cool thing about it is um, it's cringy at first, like watching yourself and listening to yourself. And it's really cringy doing oh, yeah. a podcast and listening to yourself. But again, like it's really surprising how quickly it, it helps you sort of accept the way you sound and the way you look. I love that about it. 100%. I know for whenever I hear myself on any podcast or even when I repurpose my own content into audio, I'm like, God, I sound like Ray Romano. Why do I sound so stuffy? And I'm just like, well, you know what? Whatever. Just go ahead and put it out there. As long as the content is good, you know, that'll be fine. So I think I'm just at the age or time right now where just middle fingers are in the air. Go ahead and put it out there. And then, yeah, whatever happens, happens. That's it. Yeah. I yeah. think that's where I'm just at right now. And I, I kind of, or I really wish I actually would have been that way probably like, you know, almost a good 10, 15 years ago. Because I've probably been a heck of a lot further than I am now. Oh, me too. Me too. Like I said, I mean, even a year ago, I wasn't doing it. But I'm I'm at that same stage where it's like, I am scared. But then I'm just like, ah, fuck it. It's fine. (laughs) Yeah, because then afterwards, when you actually do do it, it usually, uh, it comes out that it was worse in your head than it actually was in reality. Yeah, yeah, totally, totally. And my philosophy is just to do it imperfectly because it's better to be mm-hmm. done imperfectly than not to be done at all. If you've got something 100%. to say. Yeah. Yeah, 100%. If you've got something to say, say it. Do it. Go for it. <laughs> What's the worst that can really happen? Um, I'm going to switch gears a bit and ask you about something that we were talking about when we were emailing about what we we're going to say today. Um, you said that you wanted to share how setbacks have helped you develop your creative mindset towards problem solving. So I would love to know what you mean by that. And let's dig into that. Okay, so I'm on this kick where I take responsibility for things that go right and wrong in my life. So when things go wrong, I need to do a deep dive on why this project job or whatever tanked and went down in flames. And so uh, this is where uh, self-awareness and honesty are really, really important if you're going to do this. So as an example, I worked for what I thought was going to be my dream company a few years ago, and it turned out to be a complete donkey. Mm. Uh, Even though I can name a myriad of reasons on why they were terrible and why it didn't work, I'm still taking the 51% of the blame. I'm going to break it down like this. So I asked myself a series of questions on basically why it didn't work and why it failed and what I could have done to prevent all this from happening. So I'll ask questions like, why did you fail? Oh, it's because I didn't have the team I needed. Well, why didn't you ask for one? Because I didn't know specifically what I needed. Why didn't you find out? Because I was lacking the experience to know what I needed. Could you have asked someone who has the experience? Yes. Why didn't you? I did. I was just still overwhelmed. So why did you stay? Because I needed the money. And it's like, oh, okay. So now we're getting down to like some of those core reasons on why, you know, you had these setbacks or Mm -hmm. something failed. And I do this type of questioning for every setback I have or I have had even 10 years ago. And I'll ask myself these questions until I get to the core problem, which always has to do with me. And you'll just notice those patterns. You learn something about yourself that's holding you back or anchoring you down. 
and but you have 100 100% control of actually fixing it so if uh let's say that you know if you, if you have money issues then you need to go ahead and take control and learn how to create other streams of income and take an online course to develop a new skill. If you're in a crappy relationship, leave and give yourself relief from the drama and put the work into being awesome and meeting new people. Uh, if you don't know how to promote your work, go on a Facebook group and ask and check out their suggestions and then make the investment into learning and executing on the lessons. So, if you just put yourself in a driver's seat, period, and forget about making the excuses and focus on creating solutions, it's shocking how much you can grow personally and in business and just how resilient you become. Uh, just by taking responsibility, your perspective is just a whole lot different. And that's that's how I basically uh, <laughs> did that. Yeah, yeah. So it's not about like just beating yourself up and thinking, oh, why am I so rubbish or why has this gone wrong? It's about like yeah, you're being time. proactive and exactly figuring out looking for the evidence like thinking of it rationally and figuring out what you could or couldn't have changed and improving what you need to improve done yep that's exactly it yeah yeah you <laughs> you sum that up perfectly you sum that up perfectly you did I think that's so important in business to have that mindset so important mm -hmm. yeah because you're wasting time if you're blaming you know, other people or, you know, outside circumstances that are beyond your control. The only thing you can control is yourself and how you react to certain stimuli that, you know, enters into your environment. Yeah. That's it. Yeah. I think sometimes there's a risk that people just give up as well. Like if something goes wrong in your business, you think, oh, that's it. My business is like not a good idea or I'm not good enough. And people give up because it is hard mm -hmm. and things will go wrong. And I think, yes, and it's not easy to have this mindset that you just described, but it is a practice mm -hmm. and it's something that you can kind of learn or you can sort of get over the initial emotion of it and think, right, how am I going to use this to my advantage? Yes, 100%, 100%. So even with that job that I was at, you know, when we parted ways and such, it really turned out to be, you know, a blessing in disguise because I realized a couple of things that, you know, I don't like to work in open spaces mm -hmm. or open space company. I love being remote. Uh, I love actually working remotely with different types of people and clients. And it forced me to notice what my weaknesses are and then make the decision on whether I'm going to double down to actually improve that weakness or just not even worry about the weakness because that's yeah. or worry about a weakness because it doesn't really you know pertain to me it doesn't really matter and so I went ahead and made those investments into those online courses and networking and you know things of that nature which has definitely helped me build up my brand and business so yeah <laughs> I love that I think self-awareness is just yeah it's so important it's underrated. It really is. And, but it can make just such a huge difference again, in your perspective on how, on how you're going to tackle certain uh, problems or projects or tasks that come your way. Yeah. Yeah. And were you always like this or is this something that you've recently sort of developed and improved on? Oh God, no. I, I yeah, I've definitely just recently, <laughs> <laughs> this has definitely been, you know, growing pains, you know, problems yeah, yeah. and things of that nature. But no, um, I think after that, that shock that my dream company just turned out to be such a donkey and I had such high hopes for them and even for myself and my career and stuff, it really made me just sit back and think about what I really want out of life, what really makes me happy. And I'm even like to this day, like I was just talking with somebody, this is like, I'm still trying to sort out exactly what makes me happy, what I want to be doing in my life and how I can reverse engineer 
where I want to be in, in my life and to, uh, to how I would actually work to get there. So yeah, this is, yeah, this took, this took a while for me to get to, but again, it's just that practice. And then once I actually figured out how to ask myself those questions and really be honest with myself, everything really started to become a lot more clearer. So when you do ask yourself those questions, how do you go about it? I usually just tear out or I get like a notebook or a, a, you know, a giant piece of paper and I put on the top, you know, what happened. Like, mm-hmm. so, okay, I got, um, you know, my business partner screwed me out of, you know, $100,000 or, you know, completely tanked the business. Mm-hmm. And then I will reverse engineer and ask questions in regards to how that happened. It's like, were there any red flags? Um, uh, did you do any type of micro projects to see how they uh, work before you actually got into business with them? You know, like those type of questions. And then you would have to like literally just answer them as honestly as possible and just get as micro detailed as possible. So you see where all the errors, the thing, er- errors you made and things you let slide into it's just like, oh, okay. Uh, I let him take care of this side of the business because I was, you know, too afraid to actually look into it or I was too afraid to even ask those type of questions. We didn't do the weekly meetings or, you know, things of that nature. So that, again, you can go ahead so that next time you know exactly how to avoid these mistakes or just avoid the mistakes and working with someone you don't want to work with or just not work with them at all because too many red flags are coming up. It reminded me of this quote I read. I don't know who said it, but it's you either win or you learn. And I just think that sums it up that's like that process of it going through that you win or you learn and I love that I love approaching my business like that as well I know for myself I have to learn a couple of times (laughs) yeah (laughs) I have to learn a couple of times before I'm actually getting like oh but now that I do this little process with asking the questions on you know uh why certain things happen whether it's even good or bad um it helps a lot in me figuring out the right approach to do a certain things Right. I'm going to ask you a couple of parting questions before we wrap up. Okay. Um, the okay. first one is, what do you do to improve your mood when you're not feeling great? Uh, probably the number, well, these days it's sneaker art. I'm mm-hmm. really into taking a pair of Adidas or Nikes, Reeboks, doesn't really matter. And they're usually used, tore up shoes that I bought from a thrift store for like five bucks. And I make them look brand spanking new with a completely new art design. Um, that's one thing. But also... Um, I love being physical as much as possible. So yeah. um, especially when I'm in a bad mood, I like to be physical where I have to concentrate. Um, so I don't care if it's boxing, kickboxing, or you know, even playing catch with somebody. If I'm not paying attention, then I can get kicked in the head, punched in the head, or a ball thrown in my face. <laughs> so I have to be very present yeah. on what's going on right then and there. And also yoga. Yoga has been fantastic uh hot yoga or aerial yoga that ones that it's really really hard and it's a little bit painful but at the end you're just like ah I feel so good my muscles thank you (laughs) um second question what does living a good life mean to you living a good life um loads of chocolate (laughs) loads of hot chocolate um being flexible and free to live my life on my terms um Constantly learning and pushing beyond my capabilities, uh, having confidence and the willingness to be a wild child and all you can eat crab legs. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Last question is where can people go to find out more about you and what you do? 
Oh, sure. So you can go to my website, which is puckinchaos.com. That's P-U-C-K-N-K-H-A-O-S.com. And that's the same for my Instagram handle as well. And those are probably the two main places you can go to. And from there, you can find me anywhere. YouTube, SoundCloud, Spotify, all that fun stuff. Great. Thank you so much. You're so welcome. Thank you again for having me. Thank you so much for listening to another episode of Creatively Human. If you have a moment, I'd be so grateful if you could rate and review the podcast. It really does make a difference. And if you'd like to carry on the conversation or ask a question for a future Q&A episode, there are three ways to connect with me. On the Facebook group, on Instagram, at Ruth Poundwhite, or my personal favourite, my behind-the-scenes newsletter. Just go to ruthpoundwhite.com forward slash newsletter to subscribe. And keep doing what you're doing because your work really does matter.